All right, listen. It's Halloween. It is Halloween. It is Halloween. And, uh, you know, what have you done? What have you done, honestly? Uh, you just taken up the T-shirts of the people who you have slaughtered out in that cabin in the wood. You're cutting them up. You're wiping the axe down. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with a T-shirt. Then you cut it up into little squares, and then you use it to clean the barrel. You are sick. You are sick. Now, let me tell you about Barrel Buddy. Now, it won't help you with the axe, but it's a 3D cylinder made up of polymers that don't leave behind any residual particles. No mess, no fuss, no muss, no evidence. You see what I'm saying? Here's the best part. Barrel Buddy is made entirely in the United States by a company that shares your values. Well, maybe not you if you're killing people in the woods. Parallel economy. Make sure you get serious about cleaning your guns. Use BarrelBuddy.com today. BarrelBuddy.com. We begin the show in just a second. Stand by. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It is Halloween, and we're starting with the witches of NPR. We go there in 60 seconds. Stand by. What have you done? All of those late nights at the laboratory, all of those crazy experiments, all of those times the villagers brought torches and pitchforks to your front lawn, shouting for you to stop trying to play God, bring out the monster! But now you've done it. Your dog, your little weeder dog, slowly turning into a human being. I've heard of werewolves before, but you've created a wiener man. Oh my gosh, he's ugly. Oh my god, he's hideous. I can't, I can't even, I can't even stand him. I mean, look, he, he, he strangely looks a, a little like Joe Biden. Oh, make sure you sprinkle some rough greens on top of it. I, I don't want him to, I mean, I don't want him to suffer. He should have all of his vitamins, minerals, and everything that would make him a very strong wiener dog. Maybe it will even help him remember that he's president as a dog. The folks at Rough Greens are confident that your dog is going to love it. They have a special deal for you. Go to roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33. They're going to give you your first trial bag for free. It's really good for your dog. Maybe you shouldn't put it on 
the president's food. Um, all you pay for is shipping. 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLENN-33. Call them today. Hello, Stu. Glenn, how are you? Oh! Happy Halloween. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, happy Halloween to you. Mm-hmm. And I've got some scary stuff for you today. Scary. Now, this may come as a surprise to you, but I learned this from NPR. Witches are real and witches are liberal politically politically okay Mm -hmm. now it's no surprise really if you if you want to think about it uh really no surprise at all that you know witches uh are are liberal and npr would run a fluff piece about witches uh the segment featured a writer who devoted an entire year of her life to witchcraft now, does that, that work out? Well, here's NPR. Have a listen. Witches have long cast a spell on American entertainment, <laughs> but they aren't just a figment of our imagination. Mm. Witchcraft is a real practice, and people who practice witchcraft are all around you. But <gasps> really? what does it even mean to be a witch? I right. mean, how does one begin a spiritual journey into the occult? Well, one writer decided to figure that out for herself mm. by spending an entire year as a practicing witch. Okay, so let me just say, uh, what does it mean to... Uh, um, you know, how, how do you even uh, decide to uh, look into a religion of the occult? I don't know. I generally don't. Uh, you know, I want to try on some of this occultish stuff. No, no, really. No, not at all. So they're plugging a lady's book about how witchcraft is a religion and fun uh, you know, and witchcraft belongs to a religion, but it's not really the one I think they they think. Uh, maybe they're not aware of its outcome, but they've chosen that side, and that side cannot actually win. But how are they so oblivious? Listen to this. Month seven, before I tried to make a connection with the goddess, who is a central figure in almost every form of witchcraft, whether or not she's a real deity up in the sky or she's a metaphor for the interconnectedness of everything on Earth. There's Mm. this idea of the goddess, and I was hesitant around it because I didn't want to feel like I was playing make-believe. Again, this goes back to just being so afraid of feeling stupid. So I go Mm -hmm. and I set up this ritual to try and talk to a particular goddess, Mm. and I'm by myself. Uh Uh-huh. In my office in Oakland, I'm sitting in front of an altar that I well. made out of a cardboard box. Sure. I have a stranger's playlist going on Spotify. My cat is on the other side of the door mm. staring at me. And after about an hour, something happened. Hmm. What happened? Hello. I just suddenly Someone playing felt music? flooded with oh. bliss. She was flooded, flooded with, with bliss. bliss. Mm. She was flooded with bliss. So something uh happened flooded with bliss okay maybe i don't know uh you know maybe possessed by a demon i don't know is that is that the bliss that she i don't praying to a goddess hmm now my initial reaction to this npr our story was a little eye rolling of course npr is on the side with witches uh then with a little annoyance a uh, tinge of, oh, wow, we're going to get what we deserve really soon. Um, but there are supposedly, according to NPR, more witches than Presbyterians. Mm, okay. 
USA Today claims we're in the middle of a witch moment and that hip witchcraft is on the rise in the U.S. Now, I don't know the difference between witchcraft and hip. You know what? You wear hats like this. Now I'm a hip. That's now what, I'm a hip. That's yeah. hip. That's what a hip witchcraft goes with that. Well, maybe hat? in Brooklyn. Okay. Maybe in what I year? Mean, okay. So anyway, <laughs> hip witchcraft is on the rise, <clears throat> and uh, you'll find articles on rich witchcraft all throughout the liberal media. May I just say, we used to know words like the occult. We used to know. Hmm, don't go there. I mean, even Michael Jackson addressed it in the... Th- remember he had to add that little thriller thing? I have no belief in the occult, I swear. You don't remember this? That's not helping the case. No, I mean, I, but like, it was such an issue that, right. you know, he made a movie about zombies dancing yes. and he had to have that disclaimer because people correct. didn't like the occult. Correct, correct. <laughs> right? So here is, uh, here's where I ended up on this story. Actually, a little bit of hope for the future because... We're just burning ourselves down to the ground. And I think people are waking up. I love all of the stories of, of uh, Jewish progressives that were on the front lines of everything. And they're now going, wait a minute. I think I'm surrounded by anti-Semites. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Been trying to tell you that. But you've been calling me an anti-Semite for saying that your friends are anti-Semites. So anyway, um, what does it mean to be a witch in 2023? What are the demographics? Well, obviously, the NPR crowd is into it or else NPR wouldn't be promoting books about witchcraft and the way they do it, the way witchcraft is as trendy and as helpful as veganism or yoga. Intersexuality is the buzzword here. The idea that the pests of society are stronger if they come together, combining their mental illnesses and criminal instincts like those Power Ranger rings. I keep wondering. What is it that unites all of these bizarre and obnoxious people, quite honestly? Well, they claim to be united by all ideas, like witchcraft. Christianity? No, no. All ideas, like the occult. Christianity? No, no. Like anti-racism. Oh, like Okay, everybody can, well, not everybody can reach the goals. I mean, you're white. You shouldn't be allowed to. Oh, okay, I got it. It's all this social justice nonsense. They want the world to believe all of this, but they never stand up for their own belief. Everything they claim to care about actually means nothing to them in reality. You can see this now on our college campuses that wanted diversity. Who's the most downtrodden in the world in world history? Probably I'd have to say the Jews. Nope, not anymore. Their most consistent characteristic is hypocrisy. Generally, they're unreliable people. I don't know. I, I try not to hire them. It seems like they're evolving to uh, too quick to understand all of this, that the goalpost shifting so fast they just can't keep track but in reality they never deviate from the mission well not mission because because it's really about what motivates them why do they act the way they act why do they love to throw more tantrums than a teething toddler why are they 
constantly in your face. Why is it they just love to annoy? Well, this is where we get back to witchcraft. Have you ever heard the term edge lord? Hang on. Edge lord. <laughs> edge lord is a good word to know. Edge lord is a newfangled way to describe a certain personality type. They're an edge lord. It's like the person who's annoying and confrontational for no apparent reason. Although nothing happens for no reason, this is one of the few truths the left still acknowledges. The literal translation of edge lord would be the sarcastic title Lord of Being Edgy. <laughs> Merriam Webster has a definition of edge lord. The word is taken hold to refer to one who makes wildly dark and exaggerated statements, usually on an internet forum, with the intent of shocking others. There is usually a tone of nihilism to such remarks, the kind that might be flagged by a counselor as antisocial behavior. So the Palestinian protests could be deemed full of edgelords. Witchcraft is an edgelord practice because what do edgelords want more than anything? They want to seem special. They want to seem very, very special. I'm a witch, you know. Oh, huh. Well, that is special, I guess. Which is why the most devastating, you can, devastating thing you can do to edgelords is to laugh them off. You know why? Stalin was an edgelord. Yeah. Hitler was an edgelord. Mussolini was an edgelord. They don't like it when people laugh at them. Mm -mm. Now, most witches I hear are liberal. And it should be no surprise uh, that witchcraft is especially a popu uh, popular among, believe it or not, transgender activists. Which are some of the biggest edgelords on the planet right now. One academic article says contemporary paganism, another word we used to say bad, contemporary paganism portrays gender in a array of different ways and as such is very inclusive of sexual diversity. No, paganism is? What does the occult have to say? Much of this phenomena happens through what pagans call witchcraft. But how does witchcraft help queer and transgender pagans take part in the pagan community? Well, we looked it up. One website describes witchcraft as an inclusive movement, which tends to appeal to a certain type of demographic. I know that demographic. Vice wrote uh, about how, to, uh, how witchcraft is empowering queer and trans young people. So now they're... They're soliciting, they are promoting witchcraft to trans young people and queer people. The article charts the spread of witchcraft through the history of feminism, pointing out that witchcraft is seeing a resurgence among queer identified young people seeking a powerful identity that celebrates the freedom to choose who you are. Yes, I promise you freedom. Here's the secret. Here's what unites all of them. Witches, leftist, transgender activists, NPR, the liberal media, all of them. These edgelords are fighting for relevance because that's what edgelords do. 
They pester, they annoy, they shock or try to shock in a bid to get attention. They're fighting for relevance. What they really need is a hug. That's what they need. They need a big old hug. They need love. They need boundaries, limitations. They need to be told because it's like their children. They don't believe that there's any rules at all. Yeah. I know. I remember when my children used to think that too. Why do we have to go to school? Well, because daddy says so. But remember, love is the fulfillment of law. Yes, your prayers can overtake a million witch curses. In the name of Jesus Christ, get out of here. (laughs) Oh, I love that. The victory is already won. The best thing we can do is try to be aware that and teach our kids, hey, witchcraft, paganism, the occult, not something we should experiment with. You know who did? Hitler. Oh, my gosh. And Hitler loved the Palestinian movement. They have so much in common. Is it all starting to come clear now? The best thing we can do with any and every edge sword is to pray for their eternal soul. Other than that, edge lords lose their power when people stop watching them or stop caring. But I'm never going to stop caring. I'm going to love you and love you and love you. I'm going to show you the love of a real God. Yeah. Back in just a minute. Uh, it's unfortunately the case the events of 9-11 didn't stop taking lives on 9-12. The generation that is growing up right now knows almost nothing about it. It's sad but true, and that is exactly why our kids can't see the difference between Al-Qaeda and Hamas, ISIS and Hamas, because we didn't teach them anything. We're doing what the administration is doing right now. There's no evidence. There's no film. Nothing. Nothing of Islamic phobia that is, as the White House said yesterday, on par, if not worse, than the anti-Semitism we're seeing. Are you kidding me? Tell your kids the truth. Now, the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute was formed specifically for this reason, and they're helping to educate kids from kindergarten through 12th grade about the darkest day in our nation's history. If we don't know our history, we will repeat it over and over and over again. They have nonfiction, first-person accounts. They're told through videos and Discovering Heroes book series. They're moving stories that can help that new generation of kids to never forget. Full curriculum, social studies lessons, activities, background for teachers, speakers bureaus for classrooms, uh, access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, loved ones. They even have a mobile exhibit. It's a tractor trailer with an interactive museum with 9-11 artifacts. To never forget, we have to educate future generations. Help our nations honor the vow. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T. T, the number 2T.org. 10 seconds, station ID. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Stu. Glenn, that was a, a fascinating ride through 
through witchcraft. I did yeah, not so know. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was uh, no. I I, mm. uh, I mean, you hear about it if you listen. You'll hear about it a lot. People will be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I know a witch." Oh do oh oh you do. What do you what do you mean? If I listen to it, I'll hear about it a lot. No, I won't. Yeah, I think it's not will. like I missed people say, by the way, I'm a witch. And I was like, oh, yeah. How about those eagles? Like it was, <laughs> it was, if I, w- I would have stopped and noticed. Right. If you haven't heard anything about the growing witchcraft. I have not. Other than what you just outlined. Wow. Yeah. No, I live growing. in a bubble. I you live do. in a bubble you live where in a happy bubble. people don't cast spells and worship well, Satan. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird bubble. Well, I mean, I know my mother-in-law does not. She worships the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jesus, and Mary, and Joseph, and she is Catholic, but she's Italian. So I'm not sure that the spell thing <laughs> doesn't happen, but it's not witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some, some other news. Uh, 78% of Americans polled two weeks ago all agree we're headed in the wrong direction. What are you talking about? Is it the paganism and the witchcraft? No. But we can make a comeback, and today is the day to make a comeback. Today is. Now, yes, it's a steep, steep climb. It's the Mount Everest of problems, okay? And the Mount Everest without any kind of harness or those, you know, teeth things on your shoes. Yeah, you'll have to climb with that auto. But we've done, well, kind of. We've kind of done that before. Our country has been gripped by the hands of evil progressives in the past. We've been war-torn more than once. We've been depleted of money, of hope, ingenuity. Today, it seems like we're depleted of every single admirable quality that once built this nation. But it's not true. It's not true. The media, Hollywood... Washington make you feel that way but to make a comeback it all depends on our kids huh so the weight of the nation's future falls on the shoulders of your little Jimmy sitting over there picking his nose hmm yes but I'm going to show you how trick-or-treat tonight if you do it right can teach them everything they need to know to turn this baby around yeah as a service to you how's that how's that yeah don't say i don't earn my money well i don't but don't say it the glenn back program somebody will figure it out uh does it seem suspicious to you that a disproportionate number of abortion clinics are placed in my minority neighborhoods hmm. it's interesting the founder of planned parenthood margaret sanger Huge supporter of eugenics and is on record saying that, you know, Planned Parenthood before it was called Planned Parenthood was just to eliminate all the undesirables and the, quote, Negroes, end quote. Oh, okay. Well, let's forget about that. The tragic truth is that while the left is constantly pointing fingers at the rest of us crying racist, they're firmly behind eliminating more lives in the black community than gang violence could ever hope to touch. The Ministry of Preborn is on a mission to bring the hearts and souls of moms and babies together. The services are free. The assistant provided up to two years, but they can't do it without you. One ultrasound, which doubles the chance of a mom choosing life. One ultrasound is $28. Preborn has a 100% charity rating. 
Get involved now. Can you donate 28 bucks? It's pound 250 keyword baby or preborn.com slash Beck. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the code Glenn plus and save 36 bucks. All right, before I present a solution, let me just recap here. Today's birth rate is in decline massively in America. Socialists seem to have a vendetta against the nuclear family. But unfortunately, members of the far left are still reproducing despite global warming, which means that today's AOCs of the world are breeding many socialists. Little boys named Nine and little girls (laughs) named Tree are going to run this country someday uh, unless we teach our children the tenants that need to be used uh, to save our nation from this evil and future girl's name tree. We have to teach them about the ingenuity of America, the fervor that we had for the next generation's life to be better than our own. Have to teach them core freedoms that both sides of the political aisle in America used to cherish. And today, Halloween is the opportunity to teach your kids American greatness lesson one. Capitalism for, well, dummies or kids, whichever, you know, maybe your kids are, you know, 23 and they're dummies. Take them trick or treating tonight. Here it is. Now, close your eyes and think back a decade or two when you were a kid. Okay, it might be more like five or six decades if you're me, but the sun is setting here and the leaves are falling and the temperature is cooling and Halloween night approaches and you've got one thing on your mind. Do I have enough candy? Principle number one, incentive. Halloween is the holy grail for kids right next to Santa. What other day during the year do you get a free pass to stick your grimy, dirty, little snot-filled hand into a bowl of candy? What other day do you get to stay up late just to eat peanut butter cups, Jolly Ranchers, Kit Kat bars, to your own content without mom and dad, you know, saying anything? They've given you permission. It's the night. This presents the first core principle of capitalism, having a goal incentive something to work toward an objective that's attainable for all kids on october 31st no matter their size education economic status of their parents nothing they wish to collect as much candy as possible and that's the key to it all no grind no candy which brings me to capitalism principle number two no grind no candy it all starts with hard work Now, it's not easy running house to house when you have very little legs, especially when your costume is shaped so oddly that you can't quite move your arms or when your scary mask is hindering your view. But kids don't question it. They just do it. They trudge on street after street until they're blurry with sleep and they're like, and they're still going house after house, knowing that without a little work, their buckets are going to be empty. Without the sweat dripping down their Spider-Man back, they'll have nothing to show for it. Without that burn in their legs, their candy dreams will be forgotten forever. 
which leads us to capitalism principle number three. Competition is key. Now picture this. You're six or seven. Your treat bag is heavy, but your dad says you got to carry it yourself. Your little legs are getting tired. You, you started walking from door to door while the bigger kids continue at a steady jog. You're slowing down. You sledge up to the big white mansion on the corner of Elm and, Yo- uh, and Oak. And, and you know the one. It's the one you're going. Now, this one, this one is giving me full-size candy bars. You ring the bell. Trick or treat. Oh, you're so cute. The elderly woman smiles, compliments you on your costume. You say thank you because your parents taught you manners. But what you're really interested in is what's in the plastic cauldron she's reaching for. The one with the big goods. She brings it over to you and bam! It's Tootsie Rolls. Now you want to look at this old lady and like, where's the big stuff? Where's the good stuff? But you learn a lesson of capitalism. You got lazy. You got tired. I can't run as fast. You gave up. And the competition outworked you, outsmarted you. You let the bigger guys take control of the game and you lost because of it. Maybe next year you start at the big white house. Hmm? Capitalism principle number four that you can teach your kids. Private property 101. Forget the Tootsie Rolls. You just earned a nice paycheck after a hard night's Trudging around like a little witch. 234 pieces exactly. You've counted them. You've counted them twice. You've argued over some of them with your brother or sister. That's 70 pieces more than your little sister earned. But who's counting? After arriving home, counting, organizing into different categories every single piece, there's still one step before the Halloween feast can begin. The trade. Two dum-dums plus a Reese's cup for six of your starburst. Fair deal. Done. Traded. Pass over the dum-dums. In the spirit of Halloween, now let's talk about a truly terrifying scenario. What if contrary to the principles of private property, every single piece of candy that you, your sister, and your friends earned while trick-or-treating went into one huge pile and then everybody divided it up equally? At seven, you understand that's not fair. Or if dad comes in and says, wow, you have so much, I'm going to take 50% of it because I pay taxes that built the sidewalks that you walked on today. You would say, not really fair, dad. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, scaredy cat Sam, who's... Who's too frightened to walk past the ghost decorations on Helm Street, therefore missed out on the candy corn house, but still got some candy corn? Yeah, yeah, me, because I'm dividing it all equally. Yeah, candy corn. You didn't even want any candy. Everybody hates candy corn. This is the laissez-faire house, okay? I earn it. The candy's mine. That's the way it works. Now... The spirit of Halloween does not end tomorrow, which is monsters, ghouls, live among us every day. They live, kids, in a place called the Capitol, Washington, D.C. They gather daily, 
conspiring their evil plans under their scary masks with their loud, wicked laughs. They plot to take your candy and all the future candy that you are trying to collect. So when you hit the streets tonight with your little one, please do not do not pull them aside and tell them about and Adam Smith. Don't do it. Supply and demand free market. They're not going to understand that, but they will understand all four of these principles. And if you have not, there is in my household a tax on everything. And I started it with my kids very young and they understood Yeah, taxes aren't fair because sometimes dad just decides what the tax is. Hey, dad, while you're up, can you get me a bowl of ice cream from the fridge? Sure will. I put it all in a bowl. Is this how much you want? Yeah. Okay. I eat about mm, scoop and a half of it by the time I deliver it to the couch. What the what are you doing? Well, I mean, I pay for the fridge. I went and got it for you. Son, it's called a tax. That's not fair. I know. Remember that for all time. And that is the capitalist joy of Halloween. Considering how much the value of your dollar is going down day by day, uh, it's got to be a huge relief. uh, You know, when you can find something that doesn't seem to cost too much. It's one of the reasons I absolutely love Car Shield. Another reason, really, is, well, my car came to life last night. Started just mowing people down in the streets. It's pretty safe to say I was pretty upset about it, but not only did it run my friend and executive producer Stu over in the process, he was just trying to put up a scary skeleton in his lawn. But in the process, it it burned out several computer chips. And uh, man, that's going to cost me a lot of money. Yeah, sure, Stu was a problem. But are, do you know how much a computer chip is for your car? When you enroll with CarShield, you're getting protection plans that start as low as $100 a month. Flexible month-to-month coverage. Your choice of an ASE certified mechanic. 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance and complimentary towing and rental car options. You also get no long-term contracts, and CarShield administrators will handle the paperwork and repairs so you don't have to. And your price will never go up, no matter how many claims you file, never go up as mileage in your car increases, nothing. CarShield, call them today, 800-227-6100, 800-227-6100, or visit carshield.com slash Beck and save 20%. Glenn Beck. Ah, yes, you used to be such a good shot. But then ammo got expensive, and you stopped practicing. And now, you can't even hit the broad side of a barn, and that is a major problem because the thing chasing you right now is a gigantic barn monster. Good thing I thought it was a broad. (laughs) One of them broads. No, it's a barn monster. And there's a barn monster coming after you. You need to. I mean, what is a barn monster? It's the type of thing that Stephen King comes up with when he's taking a break off Twitter. (laughs) Okay. Now it's coming after you. You can't hit it if only you would just continue to use the iTarget Cube. It's it's fully compatible with your existing laser bullets. You can buy one. You can upgrade to the three-pack for a truly unique training experience. 
and you can practice random shooting drills, clearing drills, or random mode to test your ability to react, all while the system uh, times every shot that you make. Uh, you can practice alone, you can compete with friends, and it works with your home's Wi-Fi, so you can place these things all over the house and get a really cool experience training without putting holes in your wall, without uh, spending all the money, without may, being chased by I a giant you, barn. May yes. I ask you, mm -hmm. uh, what if the broadside of a barn identifies as a he? That's, that's a very deep question. I don't know the answer to it, but go to itargetpro.com, save 10%, get free shipping as well with the code blaze10 at itargetpro.com. So I am, uh, I'm actually very um, happy to see that so many liberals are now realizing, wait a minute, maybe it wasn't anti-Semitic to say George Soros is on the wrong side. Uh, hmm. he, he, are they? I hope you're right. I hope, I hope they're I'm actually. I'm seeing a lot. I feel like I'm seeing it too, but I don't know if I, I'm just in a. I don't know if it's just coming through my feed because I see conservative media. I, I like, you know, what's her face? Mayim Bialik yeah. uh, has been just saying this. Uh, she's like, I can't believe this is happening. So many people saying, I never would have prepared myself for all this anti-Semitism on the left. Have you ever heard of the left before? I, this is central to so many of their worldviews. And none of us understood why you guys kept voting for Democrats so, over and over again. Because I think... You know, the one thing that I've tried to understand is how how Jews, liberal Jews, could side with the left because they are always so anti-Semitic. Uh, always. It's always underneath. And, you know, part of it is other issues they're prioritizing. Yes. I, you know, I get That's it. That's what uh, it is. You know, it's hard. It's You know, when this isn't at the top of your mind, maybe, you know, you're thinking, well, I'm going to vote on... I right. don't know, abortion or something. I don't know what the, what the and, issue is. And people, because we have a lot of friends, too, that do the same thing. They bury their heads in the sand. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear the things that they don't believe, and they don't want to hear bad things. Because they either don't want to hear it because they can't deal with it, or they think they can't. Or they think that those things can't happen anymore. That you're just yeah. you're just trying to scare people into things that it, they all can happen. They happen over and over and over again in history for a reason. I think too the the media is guilty here because they publicize you know something like Charlottesville again that was six years ago. Uh, and again, everyone goes back to Charlottesville because there's no other real examples. But uh, you know, Jews will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. And it's like, well, we've got a hundred of these rallies going on every day right now that are much worse than that. Oh, yeah. And no one seems to care at all. And they get this, I think some people get the impression that, uh, okay, maybe the right has a, a massive anti-Semitism problem as well. And it's not, it doesn't, it's not non-existent no. on some forms of, even particularly what was called the alt-right. It's existent, it does exist there. But generally speaking, this is much more of a problem on the left and has been for a very long time going back to the 30s. You know what I mean? On both communists and fascists. Mm. Those are both rooted in Marxism. Yeah, exactly. And so the anti-Semitism is built in. And, you know, it, it amazes me. I, I've talked about the um, the Grand Mufti of, of Jerusalem for how long? For, you so, have. And he's the guy who started the Muslim Brotherhood. Muslim Brotherhood give birth to Hamas. 
He lived in Berlin in World War II for a while just to cozy up to Hitler and to get the plans of the extermination camps. He was planning on building them all over the Middle East so there wouldn't be a Jew left in the Middle East. That's where this comes from. That's why I've said this before. It jumps at the end of each Holocaust. It jumps and plants itself someplace. This time, because of the Grand Mufti, it it jumped into Palestine, uh, you know, the Palestinian area and uh, and Persia, Iran. That's where this is all bubbling from. And it all stems directly from the Nazis. And I can prove it. I have the pictures. I have the paperwork. I have everything in our vault. And you, you have to understand that this is what this really is all about. But people don't want to think that it could happen again. They think because, you know, I'm wrong about X. You got to be wrong about ABCDEFG as well. No. Maybe the Republicans should do an outreach program. You know, something like uh, Republicans. We might disagree with you on the size of social programs, but we're the party that doesn't want you wiped off the face of the earth. Something like that, just, just, you know, like a little outreach. Hey, we're the ones that don't want you dead. Vote us. <laughs> like, I don't know. Is that, could that work? I don't know. I believe that the ADL might call that anti-Semitic. How? We are saying we don't want you dead. That's all we're saying. We know what? Tax rates, we might disagree with you on it a little bit. You know what? The gay marriage policy, we may have a couple quibbles, but we don't want you executed. We don't want from the river to the sea to be empty of Jews. That's the Republican promise. Yeah, but see, the ADL knows what you're saying, by the way. Uh, I'm not. I know. I have not. I mean, I don't I know. know. I'm sure the ADL has said some stuff against about some of the anti-Semitism that has popped up. I have not seen it myself. No. But I'm sure maybe they have. I've seen more. I've seen full page ads about me and my anti-Semitism. Of course. From the ADL and from these liberal Jewish communities. The Defender of Israel Award winner Glenn Beck yeah. and all of his anti-Semitism. And I, I, I've seen that. I have, I have not heard nary a word, at least... You know, in casual looking, I haven't looked for the ADL, but you'd think they'd be leading the way here. (laughs) And they're only here to when someone tweets something slightly off of uh, out of place from what they believe should be tweeted. They're there to step up. But when there's hundreds of thousands of people gathering all across the country saying they want all Jews dead. Ah, shoulder shrug. We're on vacation. Well. 50%. 50%. It's down now to 50% agree with Israel. It's down 50%. But there are some people who are opening their eyes. I want to talk to them next. The Glenn Beck Program.